Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Welcome to week 12 of Spirit Katana. I'm your host, the old man. I'm Ruby. I'm Jade Fire. And today we will be exploring, continuing our journey through uh, the New Testament and exploring 2 Corinthians 1 through 8. Alright, so starting in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, um, another letter from Paul to the Corinthians. Who has notes on chapter 1? I had some notes in chapter 4, or not chapter 4, verse 4. Mm. Um, I kind of like the middle of it more so. It's so that we can come alongside those who are in painful trial. Um, the whole verse says, He always comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering, so that we can come alongside those who are in painful tri- trial. We can bring them this same comfort that God has poured out upon us. Interesting. I also highlighted verse 4, um, although verse 3 helps inform exactly who we're talking about here. So, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts, comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So yes, I do like that one as well. And we learn from him how to comfort other people. Yep. And it's just another example, like just like with the forgiving. We forgive others because he forgives us. We love others. Because he loved us first. <laughs> mm-hmm. We learn from him. Mm-hmm. Any other highlights in the chapter, Ruby? I also kind of liked verse 5. Um, and just as we experience the abundance of Christ's own sufferings, even more of God's comfort will cascade upon us through our union with Christ. Which verse was that again? Five. Five. Also right after. And what it is that? What, what what do you like about it? Um, I like it kind of when they talk about the abundance of Christ and um, then how God's comfort will just cascade upon us through our union with Christ. Okay. Anything else? Um. Um. Verse twenty-three. Um, it says, now I call upon this faithful God as a witness against me. If I'm not letting you the absolute truth, it was because hold you in my heart that I decided not to return to Corinth in order to spare you the humiliation of my rebuke. All right. Yeah, mine is a little bit less. It's just like I call God as my witness and I stake my life on it. That it was in order to spare you that I did not return to Corinth. Well, some of those are the slanted words or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the italicized words are supposed to be there for clarification. Um, 
but sometimes clarification can be I'm not saying it's this case here but it can be wrong because um, it's what they gathered and what they think based off of other parts of the text all right well moving on to chapter two did Jade fire have any no he did nothing for chapter one so Jade fire chapter two what do you got Pretty much just to say that it's a short chapter and I do not have highlights. Ruby, what do you get? Um, I liked, uh, which verse is it? Uh, <coughs> verse 6. I believe that you your united rebuke has been punishment enough for him. I just... Like how he's talking about how their own rebellion is punishment enough. What's his verse? Uh, for six, the punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient. And if anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me as he has grieved all of you to some extent. Not to put it too severely, the punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient. Now instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you, therefore, to reaffirm your love for him. So I don't know where you're getting your idea that... Like, what did you say? Um, I thought it was saying that their own rebellion is punishment enough on them. Mm. Yeah, that's not... I don't see that in here. <laughs> um, sounds like he was um, punished by the majority. I don't know if that's the majority of the people in Corinth or the church or whatever. But I... Sounds like it might be just the people in the city since he's telling them to comfort now. It, like, instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him. Okay. So, I mean, like, again, just like with pretty much any sin we do, we do bring punishment upon ourselves, but it sometimes comes through other people. Anything else in chapter 2? Um, verse 16. The unbelievers smell a deadly stench that leads to death, but believers smell the life-giving aroma that leads to abundant life. And who, and who of us can rise to this challenge? Ah. Um. Uh. I just like the example that he gives in here almost. How, like, the people who don't believe are going to die, and the people who believe will have wonderful times. Okay. That's all I have for this chapter. All right. Well, do you have any more highlights? I do not. Oh, okay. I actually have very few highlights in Second Corinthians. Okay. Did you want to start with your highlights on this chapter? Yes, we'll start with the old man's highlights on chapter 3. The old man highlighted nothing. Okay. <laughs> I don't find 2 Corinthians as interesting as 1 Corinthians. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, verse 6. He alone makes us... Adequate ministers who are focused on an eternally new covenant. Our ministry is not based on the letter of the law, but through the power of the Spirit. The letter of the law kills, but the Spirit pours out life. Yes, yes, I do like that one. That's a good one. 
What What do you like about um, Ruby? How like I feel like the spirit of the law is like man and like or not exactly like that, but like um men make it and it just well how it's like it's all the things you're doing wrong or something, and then the spirit of. You said the spirit both times. What? You said the spirit. The letter of the law. Yes, the letter, which informs us that we have all these things that are going to lead to death, and we can't hope to even avoid, like, avoid every, like, a breaking every, like, we break the law. We can't help it, so it just brings condemnation in a way, whereas the spirit is what gives us life. Mm Mm-hmm. We've been forgiven, renewed, thanks to Christ's sacrifice. All right. Anything else in chapter three? Um. Because uh, I have a feeling Second Corinthians is going to be led primarily by Ruby this week. <laughs> <laughs> Verse ten: What once was glorious no longer holds any glory because of the increasing greater glory that has replaced it. It's like things that had glory don't have glory anymore because better glory is always replacing it but i don't think i don't think god's glory can ever be replaced or greater glory will basically replace it oh uh, sorry what verse was that again verse 10 verse 10 uh, for what was glorious has no glory now in compass comparison with surpassing glory yeah god's glory is um and the glory that he's brought us into is so much more than anything else that, like, it pales in comparison. Uh, I also liked verse 16. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Just like, if you start to believe in God, you can, like, know things that are better. Ah. I don't know how to describe it. Um, well, we don't understand the full mystery of salvation and what God's plan is um, until uh, we have Christ, which is what yes. takes it away. Yes. It reveals the truth of what God has done and everything. I think that's most of my highlights All in right. there. Cool. Moving on to chapter four. Do you have any highlights in this one? I do. I oh. do actually have one. It's at the end of the chapter. What about you, Ruby? Do you have some before the end of the chapter? Yes, I have some in the very first verse. All right, let's start there then. Now it's because of God's mercy that we can that we have been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant mystery, and we will not quit or faint with weariness. We'll never be weary, or I shouldn't say never, but like... We won't be weary with God. He keeps us going, um, is what I think about this verse. <laughs> okay. Yes. God keeps us going. He gives, I mean, we, have, we can do nothing without him. All right. So we covered verse one in chapter four. Is that where we're in? Yep. All right. I also liked verse Wait. seven. All right. Verse seven in yes. chapter four, Ruby. Um... We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that this impress, immeasurable power will be seen as God's, not ours. 
Um, I like almost any example that it gives in the Bible about um, us being the clay and Jesus being the thing that makes the clay jars or whatever. I don't know what. Potter. I think the potter. Mm. And um, I like how it's like we're common clay jars, but we carry glorious treasure within us. Like God's word is within us, and we carry that glorious treasure inside of us, and we're just common people. Yep. And again, that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Because we, as I said with verse 1, can do nothing apart from God, right? Yep. All right. Anything else? Verse 15? No, wait, that's wrong. It's over here. 18, but is that past yours? Yeah, that's in my area. Okay. I have 16 through 18. Okay. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so, yeah, I... Let's see, where do we go for our light mode? Right, so, like, we, instead of fixing on our eyes on the things that we can see in this world, like money and power or whatever, like mm-hmm. earthly power, um, we should fix our eyes on what we cannot see necessarily. That God and eternal life, because we can't see eternal life, we haven't quite reached that point. <laughs> yeah. But that is, um, but it is an eternal thing, like it says. But what is unseen is eternal. Whereas everything we can see, video games, uh, books, movies, money, even, um, even earthly relationships, they're temporary. Mm-hmm. Some of it that will carry on probably in eternity with those that make it there, but. <laughs> Yeah. I just don't feel like earthly relationships are, like, with people are temporary. They are because uh, what happens when I die? Depending on if... What happens to our relationship while you're still living and I'm dead? Good point. Now, there is an eternal effect. Well, not even an eternal effect. There's an effect on you that will continue until you die. And then it's gone. And if you don't come to, like, I'm not saying you don't, but like if you were, for example, not a believer and didn't go to heaven, and I did believe and went to heaven, there would be no longer a relationship. Right? Right. But if we both end up in heaven, then I would assume that our relationship of some kind would continue. We wouldn't be father-son anymore. (laughs) We would just be brothers in Christ. Which we are now, but that's that's the part of the relationship that will continue because it even talks about how people will not marry or be given into marriage and stuff in there so like me and mom we won't necessarily be husband and wife anymore because we're all gonna we're all just a family i feel like i think we're all gonna be just young and because god is our eternal father so we're all gonna be brothers and sisters all brothers and sisters but i mean who knows how heaven's going to work exactly so get... does that make sense, uh, yes. Fire? Yes. Okay, cool. Oh. All right, chapter 5. Does Ruby have anything highlighted in verse 1? Mm, not really, no. Okay, because then I have 
verses 2, 3, and 4. Meanwhile we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Pretty obvious statement. <laughs> For while we are in this tent, we groan in our burden, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. And I guess I should read verse 1 to, for some context. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. One might argue that this is talking about the tent and buildings, our earthly bodies, where we groan inside and eventually give up to pass away, be swallowed up by life in this tent, and we can't wait to get into the heavenly dwelling, that building up there. It also mentions that it's a... Like in here, it's like, we live in a tent, we will have a building. <laughs> yeah. Our our heavenly bodies will be much better than our earthly ones. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, My first yes. highlight is in verse 15. So if verse you have anything 15. Before that. Nope. That's actually right before my next comment. So go ahead. Um. So that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him, the one who died for us and now lives again. Yes. Yeah, mine says no longer live for themselves, but yes, mm -hmm. self-absorbed. So we shouldn't be living for ourselves. We should be living for God and trying to love others. Yes. Um, and then in 16 I have, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. We shouldn't be regarding things in worldly ways. We should be looking at things from an eternal and heavenly mm. perspective. If somebody slaps us, what eternal consequence does that have on us? Nothing. Nothing. If we look at things from eternity, we can. it makes it easier, not easy necessarily, but easier to mm -hmm. look over the offenses that people have committed to, to one. All right. You ready to move on to the next chapter? Yep, I didn't have too much in that one, actually. All right, chapter six. I have nothing. <laughs> oh, mine's on a lighter pen, so I'm like, where is all my stuff? Um, verse eight. Amid honor or dishonor, slander or praise, even when we are treated as deceivers and impostors, we remain steadfast and true. Okay, what do you like about it? Um, I like how it's like, even when we are treated as deceivers and imposters, we remain steadfast and true. Yep. But I mean, that's how we should remain like. We shouldn't try to get back or treat them the same. Yeah, it doesn't matter if they praise us or they say terrible things about us and call us liars and imposters and think we're those things, as long as we remain genuine. Mm-hmm. I didn't have too much in this chapter, actually. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, I always like the where they quote things. Yeah, yeah rescanning it. I think uh, I'd like to highlight this part right here. Which um, starting in fourteen. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? 
What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? And, and what? Belial. What's Belial? Does yours say Beliar? Beliar? Mine, um, mine says Satan. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Is that what it means? It might. Um, or does, or it's probably just another god or something that people worshipped. Okay. Which would, if you're not worshipping God, you're helping Satan, so... Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So yeah, it's just a good warning of not, you know... Hanging out with people that don't believe in God. Yeah, like... Like, you can go minister yeah. to them. Yes, but don't but stick don't, around like, them and learn their ways. Exactly, don't learn their ways. And definitely, be very careful not to marry such people. That's This comes... A lot of people go to this verse for that, too. Because to be yoked together, that means you're... Like, ox and stuff, they'd be yoked under... They would have the same, like, um... Yoke. I think you know what a yoke is. Okay, but basically, it's a thing that you put on their on their necks and stuff so that they can pull the cart or plow. Okay. Oh, okay. So if you are yoked with somebody who isn't of the same disposition, it's not going to go very smoothly because they'll try to pull one way while you're trying to go straight, and then it'll cause you to maybe go the wrong way. And but most it might likely, cause them. It will most likely go the other way. So many people have tried to use dating um, and marriage to bring other people to Christ. When they're a Christian, they're like, yeah, but I love them and I want them to see Christ, so I will still date them and they will come my way. But that's not how it goes almost every time. The kingdom of God has a narrow opening wall. Yes, there's a lot more room to go into ditches and stuff like that. Um. So, yes, it's just very important because, yeah, light can't hang out with darkness, can it? No. As soon as light shows up, there's no more darkness. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's dark, that means there's no more light. <laughs> kind of like right now with your flashlight. Right. It's piercing the darkness. All right. Chapter 7. Do you have the highlight in verse 1 or 2? I might. I can't I tell if this is a bookmark two. or a highlight. We'll go ahead and read yours. Oh, okay. Um, verse 2. Again, I urge you, make room for us in your hearts, for we have wronged no one, corrupted no one, and taken advantage of no one. Um, I like how he's just like, we're not doing anything to you. You should make room in your hearts for God. He's not done anything to you. Because, I mean, I know he's saying make room for us, but, like, that's because they're bringing yeah. the message. <laughs> Yep, and they haven't used it to wrong anybody or corrupt anyone or to exploit them. So, um, I have a highlight in ten. Ten. Yep. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. So, if we're just sad about worldly things because we don't get what we want, that doesn't really help us. That's just leading us closer to death. Um. But godly sorrow, when we're actually sad about sinning against God and actually causing pain to people and hurting them 
and wanting to repent them. Because it brings repentance. When we feel bad about what we've done to God and to his believers and his creation, then we should, that brings us towards repentance, and then we should repent, and then that leads to salvation. Mm-hmm. So it's a really important thing. So yes, there is sadness, but it leads to a good thing. But there's also sadness that does not lead to good things. Any other highlights, Ruby, for chapter 7? From 12 all the way down to 15. Woo! Okay. So I wrote you not simply to correct the one who did wrong, who did the wrong, or on the behalf of the one who was wronged, but to help you realize in God's sight how loyal you are to us. Your responses leave us so encouraged. You've made us even more joyful upon hearing of how you've refreshed refreshed Titus, for his mind was set as at ease by all of you. I have not been embarrassed by you, for the things I bragged about you to Titus were not proven false. Just as everything we said to you was true, so our boasting so to Titus about you has proven to be true as well. This affliction toward you has grown to a remember has grown as he remembers your obedience and how warmly you welcomed him with fear and trembling. I'm beside myself with joy. I am so confident in you. I suppose there was another verse in there. I didn't see 16. (laughs) So I meant 12 to 16. Uh, What do you like about it? Um, well, there's different parts, but, um, I mainly liked how it was like, how he was saying that he's bragging about how good they're doing, I think, and, like, how everything he said is proven to be true, and he's not embarrassed by them at all or anything. He's like, it's fine. I've Everything I've said about you is true, so. All right. Good deal. And then chapter 8, the last chapter for this week. I have verse 5 highlighted, so if you have anything before that, uh, nope. Oh, okay. Do you have anything? Nope. Verse 5. They exceed our expectations by first dedicating themselves fully to the Lord and then to us according to God's pleasure. Um, what I like about it is uh, how he talks about their exceeding expectations. Expectations. Yeah. By dedicating themselves fully to God. Do you know what it means to exceed expectations? To do better than they were expecting you to? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Anything else? Verse 16. Um, We give thanks to God for putting the same devotion I have for you into the heart of Titus. Um, What I like about it is um, how they're giving thanks to God for... um. That because the Corinthians are putting devotions in the heart of Titus, who um I think is just another disciple, right? Titus. Yes. Uh, he's he's been working with the apostles and stuff. Yes. Okay. Um, and my last one is verse twenty and twenty-one. 
Um, we are sending a team in order to avoid any circumcism over how we handle uh, this. Criticism. Criticism. That makes so much more sense. We are sending a team in order to avoid any criticism over how we handle this wonderful, generous gift. For we uh, um, intended to do what is right, and we are totally open both to the Lord's inspection and to man's. I like how they're like, um, they're um, just ready to be inspected by um, the Lord um, and man. So, like, they're doing right by both, I yeah. think. Yeah, they're trying to do the, make sure they're above board, doing what's right, so that in both man's eyes and the Lord's eyes, mm-hmm. but most importantly, the Lord's eyes. Yes. Because man might see things incorrectly. Like, if the man was going to think something was wrong, but the Lord thought it right, they would still go with the Lord's way. They wouldn't. Yep. Do absolutely. Man's way. Well, thanks for pretty much leading us through these eight <laughs> chapters, Ruby. Um, I kind of, yeah, I don't know what it was. I just I wasn't really getting a whole lot out of Second Corinthians this time around. I mean, there's good stuff in there, as we've pointed out. But um, yeah. Um, and then let's see. So this is week twelve, right? I believe it's your turn to pray for us, Ruby. But before that, any applications that you were able to dig out of this? What seems to have stuck out to you that God might be telling you to work on? Thinking, thinking. I don't know. Um. All right, well, then I will propose this. I propose that you guys focused on what is eternal and not what is easily seen. Because focusing on eternal is a great motivator, and it's also like it helps us to overlook things that are offen- that we find offensive because it hurts us personally, and it doesn't actually mean anything. It stops bickering over stupid things because they have no eternal value. They don't even have very lasting value because usually you would forget about those things that you bicker about at the most extreme within five years, <laughs> but usually within days. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes hours. Can, sometimes I can recall on weird little things. Yeah, I'm sure. But they're not important. They mean nothing. Yep, that's... I like And that, that includes, one. like, things that we have that get broken. Like, you know, when one of my children throws a butter knife at the TV and destroys the screen. <laughs> things like that. <laughs> that has happened. I know, that's why I brought it up. But I was able to overlook it because it really has no eternal value. Unlike, and not even a very lasting value. Unlike the relationship I can have with my children and help guide them to follow God. If I get angry over my TV and, let's say, punch their lights out, <laughs> which I don't do. but punch their um, lights out? Yeah, mean? knock them out with a punch. Oh, jeez, you've never done that, and I hope you never do. <laughs> That's my point. But anyway, um, but if I did that, then how would much, how willing would they be to hear me out on the gospel? Not very. Exactly. So I mean, they probably wouldn't be willing, but they would do it because they don't pro- might not want to get knocked to get out again. <laughs> well, they wouldn't really listen. They just yeah, it wouldn't so. have any effect. They wouldn't they wouldn't carry that with them then. Um. So yeah, we want to be good ministers. So we have to live uprightly as best we can. We're going to fail here and there. Um. 
the idea is that hopefully we'll grow and fail less and less. <laughs> um, but yes, focus on the eternal, not on, and that's just good for like not being distracted by things either. It's like, oh, I should read my Bible today, but ooh, I want to play this video game, and the video game isn't going to do much for you, whereas the Bible help you grow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, focusing on the eternal, I think, is a good thing for everyone to try and remember. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. And, yep. And, and we got a new TV. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, that did not leave my memory within just a few years. <laughs> um, well, things like that are a little bigger. <laughs> well, so in not, the grand scheme, not important in the either. grand scheme, not really that big even. But I still remember it. It's extreme. It's more of your extreme, like you were talking about, where it pro- you probably remember for at least five years. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that one I might remember even longer than that, actually. But I have more meaning your guys' bickering as children. Yes. Uh, most we're of the stuff you guys bicker about you won't remember because you're also creating so many new experiences and things feel bigger because you've only been around so long. Mm-hmm. As you're around longer and longer, you realize the shortness of time more and more. And Anyway, Ruby, lead us in prayer, please. Okay. Um, dear God... Thank you that we are able to read the Bible and talk about it together. Please help us to focus on things that are eternal and not on worldly things. Amen. 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 All right. See you around, everyone. Bye.